Ah, hello, everybody. Welcome to Anarchists and Androids. I'm Parenthesis I, and I'm joined by Logar the Barbarian. Logar the Ranton Barbarian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and today we'll be talking about the very first time that we've ever talked about a cartoon, <laughs> an yeah. animated series, the Star Wars Tales of the Jedi that came out, I think, in late October on Disney+. Plus. So I'm going to put this out here with cartoons. Like, coming up, like, I like cartoons. They were influential on me getting into comic books and science fiction and stuff. Remember the Ewoks cartoon back in the day? Oh, back in the 80s, yeah. I, I think it's Ewoks and Droids, I think, might even be on Disney+. Plus. I know I, I'm pretty sure I watched a couple episodes of Ewoks recently on there. Yeah. I'm watching those. Uh, my big things were the superhero ones. I loved those. But I had two kids... Or a little more than that, in the <laughs> step kids, two kids, all that kind of stuff, and I I had to watch a lot of cartoons. So my uh, watching cartoon enjoyment has been diminished greatly since I was younger. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I I had to watch some of these episodes quite a few times. I think because of the way, like when I sit down to watch them, I have a hard time even staying awake sometimes watching a cartoon. <laughs> Oh, and did you have a hard time staying awake during the Tales of the Jedi? I did. There were a few that I fell asleep through and, oh, wow. and I had to rewatch. I was like, I'd get about three minutes. I get about three minutes into a cartoon. And I'm like, oh, I better go start a pot of coffee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like stuff in it, though. And I have thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say like Tales of the Jedi is a very like adult kind of cartoon, very like a mature and it kind of went hand in hand with like Andor. It came out when the Andor series was being released. And and yeah, I really liked it. It's a it yeah, definitely didn't seem like kids oriented. But with what you said, like hard time getting around cartoons, like at the same time, I think they're still having new Star Trek Prodigy cartoons being released on Paramount Plus. And I haven't been able to make myself watch it, yeah. even though I, I want to on some level. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna put before we even talk about what's it the content of this, because there there are I, I want to put something else out about the cartoons and watching them. And uh, canon, what is canon in Star Wars? And and if you've been in uh, uh, circles where people are geeking out about science fiction or superheroes or fantasy, there's always that discussion about what's canon, what's official. Um, how should I do? I need to define the term canon. I think everybody uh, understands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like what 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 really happened in this fictional universe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I think that, like, when Star Wars was bought by Disney, it's kind of like the, the new line is now that everything that came before we could pull from, but only what we're putting out now is canon. So the stuff we're putting out now is canon. So watch the cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of what's going on. But then that begs the question. You said that the old, like, 80s cartoons, the Ewoks and uh, the droids cartoons from the 80s, if it's on Disney+, Plus, does that mean it's canon? I, yeah, yeah. I, and so here's the thing. I'm and I've got my say about canon. Yeah. I, I don't care about canon. I, I I think that it's fantasy, it's fiction. You create your own canon. Everyone does. To argue what is canon is almost absurd. But I do have my own canon, and and I think when it comes to the end of the day, the things that I care about within the overall scheme and narrative is predominantly just like the live action movie and or TV show. I like to read the books and I read a bunch read a bunch of them, especially in the early mid nineties when they were first coming out, which I think is cool. And at that time that was very much canon in my mind, but these are just, it's like, like when you watch Robin hood, 
there's so many different takes on Robin Hood, et cetera, et cetera. What's canon, you know, whatever you want to be. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's entertainment. It's fiction. It's for fun. Yeah. And then there's the phrase head canon, where it's not by the owner's designated mm-hmm. official canon, but like you, you tell it, this is the case. This is how it makes sense to you. And then that, for that phrase means head canon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I think yeah. that my, I think that I have a head canon. Um, and, yeah. and it's definitely like, it's, it's interesting to see the things coming from the cartoon. We have two characters that we largely focus on, oh. on six, ep- six 15 minute episodes. Yeah. With uh, Tales of the Jedi. Yep. Uh, Dooku and Ahsoka are, and they divide it. Yeah. Three episodes each. And it's all chronological too. Yeah, there's, there's a, oh yeah, it is, isn't it? I was like, why are they skipping from one to the other? Because it is chronological. Yeah. Uh, that, then uh, let's, 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 uh, let's talk about good and evil. The light oh. and dark side. Well, yeah, I guess you can say that that's a theme that runs, well, I guess it definitely runs through it with uh, Dooku. Yes. But Ahsoka is kind of like, she's off doing her own thing. <laughs> there's, there's, there's this... Early Star Wars, the first three movies, very much focused on the light side, the dark side, good versus bad. And there are these abstract concepts of good and bad that we construct that people often, often the the, the evil or sin, when we construct an idea of that is based on uh, perceived or even real uh, injuries or influence or, or whatnot, uh, according to, in response to, we'll say, actions that have been taken. I don't think anyone is like, oh, I'm evil. Evil is not a driving force in reality. Most folks, when you look at them, like things like self-preservation, material reality, social reality, play into people's actions, the way they perceive things. And they're responding in very much like Hegel says, in a dialectical manner. And this good versus evil is a way that we've often presented things. It's a way that's often presented things from authority, Figures like churches and stuff like that, which I think is interesting coming from an institution like the Jedi. What is the Jedi? Is it a religion or a police force? Yes. Oh, the Jedi. Yeah, I've kind of defined them like Jedi as being like a state backed uh, religious order of warrior monks. Yeah, that's frightening. <laughs> yeah. Like like state-backed warrior priests? Yeah. Like, exactly. That's separation of church. <laughs> like that's a frightening concept. And Dooku, like, like at points they're questioning, like going to the dark side and stuff like that through this, and 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 it plays out in the show, and it makes me question some things. Like the first, oh episode, yeah, oh yeah, first... yeah, you're definitely really focusing on the Dooku things here, yeah. Because like in a way, like I'd say the the, the most meat or substance, so to speak, is like the three Dooku episodes. And yeah, I, yeah. Well, there's there's I'm trying so wrapping my head around Ahsoka is Ahsoka is how it's pronounced, right? Uh, Ahsoka or Ashoka? Ashoka. Or so I Ash- don't know because it's uh, I can confuse that name with like the the old like ancient Indian Buddhist emperor <laughs> of the same name. Maybe that's how they got the name. So Ashoka has is hers is more focused on her personal training and her personal experience. So that is in a sense, um, you know, it, it's like at the beginning, it's it, she's taken off and it's this whole narrative of like her and the mother, which is cool. Oh. Well, she's a uh, baby in the beginning. Yes, she's a very little baby, and then there's this uh, this. What did they? What is it they had said in there? Um, I think her mom had like a bolt action rifle or something in there, which I thought yeah. was interesting. Yeah, she's, it's the kind like, of thing that you use with babies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's telling her to like never take more than you need. Um, 
Oh, they, I, I have one quote. Look, Ahsoka, everywhere there is life. Value it. Honor it. Yeah, so there's very much, like, I feel that Ahsoka's turn in that is far more leaning into the religion side of the Force and her as a character. Yeah. Um. So that's that's very real. Whereas Dooku's is his conflict with the institution itself. Oh yeah, becoming disillusioned with the Jedi Order mm-hmm. and the Republic and the Senate and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It kind of like the three episodes kind of uh, illustrate his downfall from like being a Jedi to being disillusioned and eventually turning to the the Sith. But it's out of good intentions. He doesn't want to do evil. He just kind of finds evil as a convenient way to do good. <laughs> he, he, he chooses to he chooses to join the emperor, the yeah. who, who's going to overthrow. It's, it's, uh, it might be a little maggish or something. <laughs> well, I mean, there is one thing from the episode two, Justice. Uh, somebody said to Dooku, you serve the Senate. And he says, no, we serve the people of the Republic. Yeah, so, and that's like what they, like institutions often say, we serve the people. And he's part oh, yeah. of this police force. He's there. And then Justice, they come to this this village that's impoverished, or this planet that's impoverished. That's interesting in that one because uh, like they're asking questions like, why not? So, so you know, they're, they're blaming the Senator for all this. And it's like, why not select a new Senator? And then the response was, I wish it were that simple. And 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 it's often that case. Like, why not choose new, like what senator? I got these choices here that aren't very good. They're both yeah. serving to make me impoverished and line someone else's pockets or their pockets. A little Mitch McConnell Appalachia going on yeah. there, or something. You know, we've got this guy up here making village, but the interesting thing about this that I'm going to point out in context of like his- history and political conflicts is what's happening is they've kidnapped the senator's son. And that is a pretty common thing in political conflict, especially throughout places like Latin America, like the FARC and Colombia and other places have done exactly that. Now, when you present it here on this TV show, out of the context of the reality of what's going on here on Earth, it's a little heroic and there's a lot of sympathy thrown at it. But whenever it's presented in any other media in the context of the reality of what's going on throughout leftist organizations down throughout Latin America, it's criminal, it's evil, <laughs> it's cartel, it's it's very racist in the way they approach it, but it's the exact same goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah. I think it was... And like injustice, wasn't it like the whole like village worked together to kidnap him? Yeah, the whole village mm-hmm. had solidarity. And they and and he and and the the kid who was kidnapped was empathetic to them and on their side and said, Look, there's 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 a reason. Like this is terrible what my father has done to these people. Yeah. And that's a very like I said, like like compared to how it's often presented in news media when things like that happen, it's a very different take when you put it into fiction. Yeah. Just one of those things that's like, uh, like they talk about sociological imagination. That's on display here. You can kind yeah. of imagine what it is that that the evil kidnapper is doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just had to throw that out there. And also, yeah, episode two had a, a young Qui-Gon Jinn, too, who is the Padawan in training under Dooku. I didn't, for some reason, I didn't catch his name or whatever at the beginning of that, the first time yeah. I watched that, and, and I totally flew over my head that was Qui-Gon. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, that was, Qui-, as I was watching the next episode, oh, that was Qui-Gon. And the, oh, shoot, I missed it. Yeah. 
but but then that that comes to play later on with the uh, episode uh, four, the Sith Lord, when it takes place at the same time as uh, the first movie, the Phantom Menace. Yes, and yeah, and so Dooku hears the news about Qui Gon Jinn being killed. And that kind of is part of like a final straw for him to like just leave the Jedi Order. Yeah, and then he has his night. Let's talk about Yaddle for a minute. Oh yeah, Yaddle also from Phantom Menace. Yeah, you just see her like as a glimpse in the movie, but like this episode kind of fleshes out who that character was and then why she doesn't appear in any of the other movies. Because she dies. (laughs) Here's what's interesting about Yaddle. I think as a as a character design, you got Yoda. Yeah, Yoda and and Yaddle. It, it, and 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 Yaddle in the movie is 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 freaking a hideous creature. <laughs> she's yeah. not cute. I thought she said hideous. Yeah, but she baby doesn't Yoda. do anything in the movie. She just sits there. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, baby Yoda, you got Yoda, and you got Yaddle. Now you got Grogu, Yoda, and Yaddle. Now, but that makes it. Yeah, is that Yoda and Yaddle the parents? You know, that's the million dollar question. <laughs> oh, I think we're onto something. That's why baby Yoda's orphan. Yaddle's mom. Yeah, I want to point out that like the indicator that Yaddle is. Female is just that she has human brown hair. <laughs> I <Well>, just strange, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Sure. Like in in this episode, is uh, Yaddle's played you know with a a female voice, a female mm-hmm. voice actress. But like with the Phantom Menace movie, like there's no reason really to assume any gender at all. Well, the hair, I think, yeah, is just supposed hair. to be a gender indicator, <laughs> is what it is. It's that, oh, it's, that, it's, it's like it's a dress, style, like a dress. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, so then going on, there's episode three, Choices. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and so that is, uh, yeah, Dooku and uh, Mace Windu yes. have like an adventure together. And then uh, yeah, Dooku says to Mace Windu, my friend, your devotion to rules is sometimes inspiring and sometimes maddening. Because uh, it, it kind of shows like, you know, Mace Windu is like the, the goody two shoes, you know, follows all the rules, you know, what's it dot the I's crosses the T's and stuff. But like Dooku is definitely a guy who's like in the midst of like reevaluating the Jedi and his life. And like, what am I doing here with these people? But and so as a result of that, in the very end of the episode, Mace Windu gets promoted, you know, he gets on the Jedi Council. And meanwhile, like, Dooku is like, what? what's it? he says, like, he hears like one guy in that episode, who's like questioning the whole imp, uh, what Republic it is at that time about the Jedi and what have you in the Senate. And he says, your ideology, while faulty, does have its points. <laughs> so so Dooku is like actively contemplating, you know, the Jedi. And 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 that's a, that's an interesting one because as as Dooku comes down there, was it it was Mace Windu, right? That, that yeah. had that he was with and Mace is mad at him because of his actions leading to that death. Yet Mace also like took some actions that took a few lives out as well. But it was the death of the senator that was the concern. Whereas the what are they called? The the soldiers themselves were not as much of a concern. <laughs> oh yeah, this, yes, there's a hierarchy like... of life. <laughs> oh definitely, yeah, yeah. They're cannon fodder. They're what is it? Uh, disposable. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and that's how it is with governments, you know, throughout history. Another quote from that is, uh, he was, uh, the senator was selling off the planet piece by piece, all from the com- his comfortable residence in Coruscant, the capital planet for the Republic. And there is like, so like what they're doing with with uh, Dooku here is they are trying to, they're sort of like reaching out to the Republic and showing how, uh, it's making these like, like, like I said before, the Mitch McConnell Kentucky yeah. thing. 
that these senators are lining their pockets at the expense of the people, that the people that they're serving are suffering. And that is the republic that he's seeing. Oh, and- yeah. Uh, there's a quote going along with what we just said. The Jedi claim peace all while keeping law and order for the rich and powerful. Yes. Yeah. So, like, just, I mean, and that's been, like, like as an anarchist, that's kind of a critique against most of the militaristic and police institutions within our society is the exact same thing, at least for me. And I think it's interesting that we're able to say that in in the context, again, looking at this fictional government. But yet when you, like the six o'clock news isn't going to say, they're claiming peace while trying to defend the rich. It's like, that's not happening. So one of the things that's interesting about fiction and science fiction and stuff like that is it seems to be far more of a willingness to admit to that kind of thing when you have less of an attachment to it, when it's not your team, the blue or red team doing it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or the Jedi and Sith teams in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And and so I'm curious, I want to know more about the Sith in in this new Star Wars world. I'm curious to see. Oh, Oh, that's the path to the dark side. No, stay away. (laughs) They've given us this dichotomy. And, and I I also want to say like, someone was talking, we were talking around the fire recently about like the death of the Jedi. Jedi and all the things that kind of occurs through like the last Jedi and the other films um, and talking about a different sort of institution or order rising out of it as one of the folks that I, that I was talking with, they wanted to see something like that. a Not the return of the Jedi, but perhaps the return of Skywalkers or some other thing after this that uses that power of the force, but it isn't necessarily seeded into that uh, good evil mm-hmm you know, that dichotomy that's being created here. And the way it's presented, like from a a youth, the way I read into that dichotomy of good and evil, of the dark side and the light side, growing up watching these is that there was innately something inside of that power. Like like, Like there was the power itself within you is evil, as opposed to, like I said, perhaps the consequences of what you do is what's the problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like perhaps if you kill somebody, their death is kind of the issue. But at the same time, we're justifying killing lots of people throughout this. Oh, yeah. It happens all the time in Star Wars. It's in the name with Star Wars. (laughs) People die left and right. But then like Dooku kills one senator and that's a problem. So oh, there's yeah, not really an, a, 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 an equal examination of these actions. Yeah. It's not that killing is bad, but they're trying to suit it as that. They're going around killing so many people through this. Yeah. You know, there's it, kind of a twisted morality going on, trying to suit this in this good versus evil. And it, it, when you look at it, it's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's definitely like what, like uh, Duke is really struggling with here by joining the Sith, you know, mm-hmm. to accomplish good. Yeah, because he's trying to do it. He he's so he sees like the the sides and the roles are reversed. But yeah, he's definitely seems like a really kind of tormented person in a way. You know, having to deal with like that decision as well as like you know the death of Qui Gon Jinn that he cared about. Yeah, and I noticed you know I recently rewatched you know like the prequels too, and like uh, there was a scene where like Duku does like express like his kind of sadness about the loss of Qui-Gon Jinn and how he wished he was there. And that kind of begs the question, if Qui-Gon Jinn had lived, would he have actually turned to the dark side? 
Yeah, and so I felt that Dooku's like they did present it was like when I was watching it because Dooku kind of pops up. Was it episode two where he just kind of pops up? Oh yeah, like out of nowhere. And so like these uh, cartoons are great because it kind of fills in the gaps about some of the yeah. stuff. I feel that episode one would have probably been helped by Christopher Lee's appearance as yeah. Dooku in it briefly to understand. Oh, that is. Qui-Gon's former mentor. Oh, yeah. That's a missed opportunity since Christopher Lee passed away. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I wish that would have happened. I'm a huge Christopher Lee fan. Mm-hmm. I Like, like my Christopher Lee fandom goes back to his old Draculas and stuff back in the Hammer horror film eras. Yeah. And I watched a lot of his old horror films. So I was yeah. thrilled to get to see him have such big roles later in life like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. I was like, yeah, yeah. Christopher Lee. <laughs> oh, so one quote I have from that episode three of the Tales of the Jedi is uh, Mace Windu says, we are guided by our counsel, not by politics or ego. Now, now let's talk when he says counsel. Oh, the Jedi counsel. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that authority over them, like, like they're just like the accusation was that they're just essentially pawns for those above them to enforce, yeah. you know, for the rich folk, despite yeah. what's yeah. for the people. Yeah, and that's been a criticism of like the Jedi Council under the, the leadership of Yoda, because like mm-hmm. Yoda was a powerful guy in many senses, right? So like the critique is that like the Jedi Council under Yoda, they were like so self-righteous and full of themselves that they they couldn't really tell that they were pawns of the rich and powerful. And they couldn't tell that Emperor, or I guess he was a senator, became Emperor eventually, Palpatine. They couldn't tell that he was totally playing them and that he was a Sith Lord. And he was like right next to him. They couldn't even recognize the Sith Lord right there. Yeah. So like they have all these like great ideals. It sounds nice not to have your counsel be, you know, influenced by politics and ego. But in reality, it was completely influenced by politics and ego. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's also something that reflects like uh, this whole idea that some like like uh, we hear all the time, like just doing my duty, just following yeah. orders type of thing. Yeah, that's how that's how Mace Windu got promoted by following orders and not questioning. Yeah, like 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 there's no accountability for your actions. He's all oh, the person on top of me is to blame. All oh, the person on top of me is to blame. All oh, the person yeah. on top of me is to blame. And at some point in time, like. There's just everybody's just going along with the crap. And I mean, I do it like, why don't you rebel and start the revolution? You know, because I being I've got, you know, these people on top of me are telling me I have to do X, Y, Z. That's not an option. That's the crime. Right. Right. (laughs) Like Dooku here doing something that acts out against their dictates is frowned upon and pretty much almost seen as a criminal act. Right? Yeah. That is that. (laughs) And then in the episode for the Sith Lord, uh, Darth Sidious, also known as Palpatine, uh, said the Jedi blindly serve a corrupt Senate, but fail the Republic it represents. And so, yeah, definitely like he was like playing off like, yeah, like pointing out that the corruption and stuff, even though like he was like right in the center of all the corruption. Yeah, like you're you're working for it, you're enforcing it, you're you're playing a part in it. It is what it is. Like at the end of the day, like 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 it it's not like we saw. We, I talk about the authority up there that has the dictates, but as a society, you know, if you stop obeying and stop doing what they, if we do this in mass, how much authority can they have? What authority do they have mm-hmm. is the enforcement of the guns, the enforcement of the lightsaber. Uh, we got lights. What what type of enforcement? We have we have clone troopers. They have droids. 
mm-hmm. they have Jedi that seem to be the things that enforce the dictates of the Republic. Is that is you say that's correct? Yeah, I mean, there's probably like other security forces too. Oh, that, like we see yeah. in Andor, they have corporate security that enforces yeah, the corporate, yeah. the corporates, you know. And, and then but, that's when you get into, but that's when you get into the Empire. So you have the stormtroopers instead of the clone exactly. troopers. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the thing with Star Wars. I guess the Republic didn't really have a military per se. And mm-hmm. so that was the thing about like the clone army in the Attack of the Clones movie was like that was the, the secret creation of a massive military for the Republic. Yeah. At the beginning of episode one, they're using droids and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. As armies. Well, I think that the Trade Federation was using droids. That yeah. was like, yeah. One of the constituent parts of the Republic. <laughs> yeah. So, well, like, like prior to that, I'm wondering, like, like, like the Jedi couldn't have been the only. Was the Jedi the only? If the if the Jedi was the only thing they had for a militaristic force prior to that, that's interesting. Yeah. I'd yeah. like to see some more, like, talk about that because there may be implications there that might be worth tearing apart and dissecting. Yeah, it's almost like you can view it as like not having a military, but you do have SEAL Team Six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> And SEAL Team 6 are also monks and yeah, nuns. Chuck, Chuck Norris. <laughs> it, it, it. But I want to go back to something, too, though. Like, the idea that this police force or whatever, this 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 enforcing violent force of the Jedi is a religious order, yeah. I don't think is too far off from the reality of what we have. Because the uh, perceived authorities, you know, it, it's almost like faith that we have to have in these these institutions they are almost religious orders like believing in their their uh greatness and their defense they don't even defend us you know they don't protect yeah. you <laughs> well i think it kind of like harkens back to like i think was it like ancient japan or something where they had like the samurai weren't they yes. like warrior monks yeah I, d- yeah I don't know a lot about the history i was actually reading a few things about that not too long ago um and i was watching a documentary I I I can't say that I can speak to the history of how that exactly worked, especially within like feudal societies and stuff like that. It's definitely a thing to revisit. Were the were, have I heard before that the Jedi were modeled after samurai, or is that something that's? <laughs> uh, well, I have heard that like a lot of Star Wars was influenced by like Japanese like samurai movies. I think mm. that George Lucas had. Perhaps the <laughs> influence of those of those yeah. fictional movies in the place of samurai that was seen in there might yeah. be an influencing factor, which is interesting. Something to deconstruct there. <laughs> oh, and then speaking of samurai, it doesn't like Ronin. Doesn't that mean like a like a warrior monk without a order or a master? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the role that Ahsoka is in, pretty much because like she wasn't the Jedi, but then she left it, and uh, she's in that role like in Episode Six here, Resolve. Yeah, like yeah. So Resolve is, is interesting. The end there, you've got, she's on the, because her story is very different than Dooku's. Dooku's very much like, like, and, and I, I found the conflict with authority and the established order very compelling for the things that I tend to focus on myopically. <laughs> yeah. And I think she went through a similar arc as Dooku in the Clone Wars cartoon, because mm-hmm. if she was in the Jedi and then she got disillusioned and she left. So they both left the Jedi order. Yeah, and it's interesting this uh, this thing that's happening with her in that final episode where she's kind of like, you know, they've got this order where the Jedi are being hunted down by the Empire. She's kind of hiding as a worker. And one of them, like, you know, even in the cartoons and in the fiction, you know, the, the, what is it they say? Snitches get stitches. Like, don't don't yeah. snitch. Don't snitch. And one of them snitches. Oh, there's a Jedi out here wanting whatever reward would come from 
from them. Um, I uh, looking at her arc there. I feel that there's more there that I'm not a hundred percent getting that could perhaps be interesting. It could perhaps be interesting in delving into. Uh, but I feel that maybe the politic of it is less there, and it's more. What would I say that Ahsoka seems to have going on here in these? Oh uh, yeah, I think uh, I I guess like episode six happened like at the same time as the was it the movie third movie uh was it Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, yes, and yeah, so like Order sixty six happened and the Jedi were illegal and hunted down, or at least after that. So she's yeah. she's in hiding. She's she's had her. Yeah training moment a lot of like yeah. a lot of her oh, that, that was episode like, five yeah yes yeah, so she's discovery like they have the discovery that she has the power of a jedi in the first episode episode five she's training and and being put to this arduous task of fighting the first the little what are those things called again that that Luke oh had like the, the clone troopers well, and before she's... the clone troopers, they had the, the little balls that Luke. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a kind of training combat droid thing. Yeah. <laughs> but then Anakin, uh, this was, you know, before he became Darth Vader and was still a Jedi. And he said, oh, this this training is like total bullshit. Here, I'm going to give you some real training. And gets all the, secretly has the clone troopers, like, basically shoot at her all the time. And so, like, some people have said that maybe, like, Ahsoka has gotten, like, brain damage or nerve damage by getting stunned and knocked down repeatedly. Well, I think that the common theme I'm seeing is that, like, Ahsoka, I think that they're they're expressing the power of Ahsoka, like, her, she's born with this natural force ability that most folks don't have. And then later on, you, uh, like, she's, like, she goes into the training, and she's, like, how she becomes such a badass with a lightsaber yeah uh and and definitely there's a comparison like oh nobody has this power so i think maybe the theme that i'm seeing here with ahsoka is her power her personal power how much of a how, why she is able to be such a hardcore fighter type character or a hardcore jedi um and so it's far more of a perhaps far more of a personal journey throughout the six for ahsoka than it is Whereas Dooku's is kind of more of a political maneuvering. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. What? Huh. The way the stories I, are presented. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. Because I, I think also in the Clone Wars too, like it was like a personal thing of like her feeling personally affronted by the Jedi Order. Well, that goes and, back to the personal yeah. political. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like obviously like uh, Dooku is doing more analysis about like the Senate and the Republic. Yeah, and. Maybe Ahsoka is more like just taking it personally, like about her relationship with Anakin and her relationship with the people on the Jedi Council. And I feel, for some reason, I feel like Ahsoka's uh, episodes perhaps weren't as. I feel like she may have gotten a sh- like she got a little bit of a short end of the stick in the six of these compared to what Dooku yeah. got for the thought of like the arc through these. Does oh, but keep sense? in mind there is going to be the upcoming uh, Ahsoka series played by Rosario Dawson. I cannot so, wait yeah. for that. Here's the thing: I am a huge fan of Rosario Dawson. Yeah. I like her. <laughs> I think she's yeah. cool. <laughs> I'm glad that she's going to be playing that role. <laughs> yeah. And they also have a Sith Inquisitor in this episode six resolve. Oh, yeah. And you see the Inquisitors also in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, too. He's he reminds he reminds me of Gen, was it General Grievous? Was that oh yeah, three, yeah. Which he came out with I think episode robot? three, yeah. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of General Grievous. Uh so I guess they're like Darth Vader, where they I'm assuming that this there's like because it looks like a robot. <laughs> like Vader, oh, yeah. But like 
has force powers. So, like, do droids have the force? And also, I'm assuming uh, that the Sith Inquisitor has is more of a Vader type construct where it was destroyed. Well, I Yala. think. Well, I think there's like a hierarchy in these, because like, there's all these religions in Star Wars, right? You have the mm-hmm. Sith religion, the Jedi religion, and then the Children of the Watch that you see in the Mandalorian, you know? Yeah. And and so, but I think in the hierarchy of the Sith religion that the, you have like the Sith master person, you know, Darth Sidious, you know, you see him, he's like the top guy. And then like number two Sith Lord, you know, it could be Vader or Dooku or whoever. And, but then below that, you have like the Inquisitors. Mm-hmm. And similar, like with a Jedi, you know, you have like the Jedi Council, you know, the person leading the councils so as Yoda, then you have the Council, and then you have the Jedi Masters and the Jedi Knights and the Padawans. And but then also you have like the guy like you see in Rogue One, who's like a part of the Jedi religion, that blind guy. And he is oh, a, yeah. a, a he's in the religion, he supports the religion, but he's not like a Jedi. So he's like lower on the totem pole. They're like like yeah. like like deacons in the church. Yeah, there you go. The deacons. They're deacons. They're, they're the <laughs> Sith deacons and the Jedi deacons. Like we may not be the pastor up here, or we may not be the bishop or yeah. the pope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Pope running around wielding a sword, killing folks. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a different nope. universe. They do things differently. I mean, it wasn't that different. We did have the Crusades. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and holy wars. Yeah, yeah. When you think of all like the holy wars and religious wars throughout history, and so you could say, yeah, a lot of Star Wars is about holy wars too. And that's a good thing about the Andor series. It's no religion, <laughs> no religion at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was there no religion in Andor? I'm trying to think back. Do we not get a glimpse of any sort? Um, oh, we got we got yeah. that we got we got a little bit from the people uh, where the heist was, and we got something of a communal. I would say that the burial rituals on oh, yeah. uh, Rick's Road would be almost a religious type. It's very ritualistic, so there would be yeah. elements I feel of religion in there, but perhaps less focus on the religious order. I I think that I prefer Star Wars when there's less focus on the Jedi. I'm a little less interested in the Jedi right now unless, yeah. until they bring me something interesting with it like they did with Andor and are yeah. able to do that and maybe give us a slightly more complex look at a Jedi and Jedi Order and what it is. I might be more into that, but as it stands now, Jedi... Maybe they were doing a little bit of that with Dooku here, but I'd need to see that develop much further for me to go back to like, I love the Jedi. They're my favorite part of Star Wars. Yeah. I kind of like the political intrigue stuff a little more, like the the revolution, rebellion, conflict. And I really like the kind of scum and villainy, scoundrel, uh, mercenary side of it as well. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, it's fascinating as far as the religion of the Jedi goes, like to look at the story of like Luke Skywalker, because like, here he like didn't even really know about the Jedi religion, and then he kind of you know through Obi Wan Kenobi and Yoda like learned about it, and then he's like, "All right, this is great. I'm going to bring back this religious order." And then later on, he's like, "No, no, 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 that was all a mistake. I don't want anything to do with that." <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we're way over time at this point. Is there anything else you wanted to throw in that we wanted to touch on before this episode's over? Just a quote at the last episode, episode six resolve. Things have only gotten worse. Are you sure you're ready to get back into the fight? (laughs) (laughs) Good parting words. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Well, I think that's all I've got. Would you like to tell the listeners where they can find you online? Oh, well, I recently deleted my uh, 
a Twitter account because oh, I've no. had enough God, of all that Twitter's Elon dead. Musk and all his right wing <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm now uh, on Mastodon. So on Mastodon, you can find me at parenthesis I, and that's about E Y E, and that's at collectiva.social. That's K O L E T, no, K T I V A, collectiva.social. Collectiva.social. Yeah. That's like an anarchist instance on Mastodon. Yeah, I, I'm on that. That's one of the two that I'm on on there. Oh. <laughs> and your blog, is that still? Oh, yeah. And the blog is a parenthesis i.blogspot.com. You can find me every day here uh, on this, wherever this is playing, because I'm doing the daily Wobblies and Wizards podcast. So you just search Wobblies and Wizards. And you'll find me on that podcast every day. Um I'm on, I'm still on Twitter for now, I guess, and TikTok at Lower Hail Crom. We'll see what happens over there. I'm just kind of <laughs> watching the world burn around me. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I'm doing it online. I'm doing it every day. It seems wherever you go, watching the world burn it down around you. So, but uh, I think that how are we, we going to end this? Everyone, oh, everyone has their own rebellion. Excellent.